I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Gemar Leadership Podcast. You're joining us for our first episode of 2023. So let me start by wishing all of you, our listeners, a happy new year. Today, we want to talk about the importance of people skills. This is an interesting topic for the beginning of 2023 because all around us, we see the advancement of robots, artificial artificial intelligence, and data of various kinds. So one could say that the opposite of people and people skills are being developed at a rapid rate. Just at the end of 2022, a new AI app called ChatGPT created quite a stir. ChatGPT does everything from answering questions to writing essays, programming computers, and even generating art. So Dirk, with all this advancement of technology, who still needs people skills? Should we not rather focus on hard skills such as computer science, engineering, and data analysis? Do people skills matter in an era of unprecedented technological progress? Yeah, thanks, question, uh, question, and that's a, a an excellent question. So you you are right. Absolutely, uh, technology related skills are in great demand, and they remain so. At uh, the end of twenty twenty two, there were a lot of headlines actually about big tech companies uh, running into some trouble due to market saturation, competition, loss of focus and other what we might call uh, mundane business uh, realities that had for a moment hadn't seemed to, to apply to them, but, but, but they do. And so these companies reported uh, layoffs, which caught a lot of people's uh, attention. Uh, but I believe that tech is very much alive. And I think this is more an adjustment or what we call a correction. And, and just recently, uh, for example, the Wall Street Journal reported that laid off tech workers uh, have no trouble finding new jobs quickly. Uh, and they're finding these jobs outside of the big tech companies. So there is a lot of demand out there for their skills as companies in many sectors are becoming more tech focused, everything from selling online to digital logistics, a process automation, uh, and so much more. And so in a way, every company, at least in some areas, has to operate like a tech company. And that's where uh, the demand for, for tech people comes from. Right, Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. And just from the way you're describing the landscape as it, as it stands, it sounds like hard skills like science and engineering are where it's at then. Yes, in 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 many ways, yes. But but hard skills or or technical skills, you can call them. They're only one part of the uh, equation. And so there may be people who work in a purely technical environment, so to speak. But but most people don't. Most people, even very technical people, they do work with others. They work with other people. They exchange ideas. They collaborate on projects. They strategize for 
for the long term. And as business managers or team leaders or project managers, with sometimes a lot of formal authority, but also very often with very little or no authority, they have to lead. And in today's world, they cannot just tell people what to do. They have to find ways to convince, motivate, influence, and even inspire people. And machines, algorithms, data sets, they can do amazing things, but they can't inspire. Okay, Dirk, let me push back a little bit here. Is that really true? AI, AI cannot just win chess games. It can also compose music. It can generate art, as I said. I've seen it create poems and poetry. It can also encourage me. For example, when my smartwatch tells me that I need, I have taken a required amount of steps for the day, that's inspiring. That is encouraging. So can't AI do all that as well? Yeah, it's true uh, that AI can do much more than perform what we might consider strict engineering tasks. But but that, I believe, is different from making a connection with people or relating to people. Uh, people have a great need to be understood. And I mean, really be understood as people. And, and the machine, smart as it may be, it may know a lot about you. It may comment on your behavior or even predict your behavior, but it doesn't understand you the way you want to be understood. So for example, if you didn't get your steps in uh, for the day, that could have happened for a good reason. Maybe you're injured or you had a lot to do or just needed a break. And and your fitness gadget will not, will not understand that, or at least it will not understand it the way you want to be understood with, with true empathy and some real emotion involved. Okay, Dirk, I can see where you're coming from. That makes some sense. But let me again push back. Why does that really matter? Why is being understood by a living and breathing person, which I totally get with family or in a personal setting, but why does that matter in business? Yeah. Uh, okay, Christian, let, let me give you an example. So say you, you want to uh, set your affairs in order, and so you want to make a will, and this uh, could be for the case of your death or for being uh, incapacitated. So so uh, that's that's important, especially as you get 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 a bit older. And now you could download a will kit from the internet, and you can input your information, and you can uh, create a will that way. And that's certainly one option and a cost-effective option. But you could also go and see a lawyer, and and a good lawyer will ask you a lot more questions, and they will take a real interest. They will want to know about your kids, about charitable causes you have in mind, and so on. And, and, and they will also want to know what your kids are really like. Some may be irresponsible, others may not be so responsible, but you love them all the same. And, and so a good lawyer will start to really understand you and your circumstances, and they will appreciate what matters to you and what doesn't. And they will give you the feeling also that they understand you. And so they build trust. And, and depending on the circumstances, that trust can be just as important as knowing will and estate matters uh, and the law, even though, of course, that's that's important too. too. And, and so you want someone who is a competent lawyer and who is also trustworthy and knows and understands who you are. It is about both the technical skill and the people skill will allow that person, that lawyer, to operate at a much higher and much more valuable level. Okay, Dirk, that's a great example. And I can see how this directly applies to professionals like the lawyer in your example, or maybe financial planners, and of course, doctors who are dealing with people, clients and patients in very personal situations. But 
Why does this matter in the business world more broadly? Yes, Kush, uh, let me take another example. So many people in business and the business world have a boss and that relationship with the boss is hugely, hugely important. Is It actually can make the difference between being happy or or miserable at at work, and and of course you you do want a boss who is technically competent, especially early in your career. You will probably learn a lot about your field of expertise from from your boss, and that could be marketing, finance, engineering, and so on. And in fact, it's it's amazing how how little one knows coming right out of school or or, or university. Very true, Dirk. Yeah, but but then also you want a boss who is supporting you helping you with your career, giving you exposure and so forth. You you want a boss who keeps you, you don't want a boss who keeps you hidden away and, and who is uh, maybe presenting your work as their own. And you also want a boss who's telling you what's going on at the company, how your work fits into uh, the big picture and, and so forth. And, and all these things will give you confidence and they will motivate you they may even inspire you and they they will uh, allow you to do your best work and achieve what needs to be uh, uh, achieved. And, and most people don't mind a boss who is demanding as long as they can trust them and they can know, they do know that the boss has their back when it matters. That is a boss who is good at results and who is good at relationships. And, and that's a people skill and a very valuable one at that, but, but it's also it's also hard. Right, Dirk, I see this again, making a lot of sense. And I want to pick up on that line you just said, I think your key point here is that leadership is about results and relationships, and we need to hold those things together. So in some cases, you have to be demanding and supportive. And I could see how that could be difficult. For example, when there is a downturn or a change or when targets are just unrealistic. Yeah, Christian, exactly. That that dynamic of results and relationships in, in, in leadership sounds a lot easier uh, than it is because there often is a tension between expectations. So the company wants you as a leader to meet aggressive targets, and they also want your people to uh, be happy, especially those with critical skills or people they consider strategic. And, and that's not always easy to achieve. It requires a lot of skill, and that's a people skill. A robot may get results, but it will have a tough time keeping people happy or to use a more uh, popular term, engaged. And, and as the saying goes, people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. Profound, Dirk. That's becoming very clear, but maybe we can drill into this. Perhaps you have another example or what's another area where people skills make the difference, let's say. Yeah, sure. Conflict management is something that comes up quite often. Mm, what about it? Well, um, organizations around the world are dealing with a lot more complexity, pressures, and diversity of, of players and, and so on. And, and so it's much more important that people in different functions uh, work well across geographical, departmental, or hierarchical borders to get things done. And especially when there's business pressure and, and goals are in tension with each other, this can lead to, to conflict. Dirk, can you unpack that a bit? Where, where do we see this conflict coming up? Sure. Uh, we talked about this in our episode about the matrix uh, organization. So, for example, a company may want to globally standardize a process, let's say performance management or compensation, or they want to standardize a certain product line. And, and this is often conflict with uh, what works in a given local market. Now, 
we can just give a top-down edict, uh, but then it, it really comes at a cost of, of local relationships. People locally will not feel valued and this will impact their performance. And, and this happens even if the decision to standardize, to standardize is the most logical in the world. Right, Dirk. And people, when we hear logical, we think that's good, but how do people skills help us out here? Well, as we discussed earlier, people want to be understood and they want to be valued for their insights and 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 so on. And so? Well, and so just one small uh, example before you yeah. Uh, say, announce a new global policy or a new global standard, it's good to consult. Even if you may not end up changing anything, it gives, uh, in, in our case, the, the locals an, an opportunity to explain why the process or the product does not work for them. And then you can explain why you need or want that standard anyway. And, and maybe there's a small tweak uh, that we can make to to make things more palatable. Um, I, I saw this actually recently where, where a company had an, an automated uh, global promotion program that automatically offered uh, discounts on national holidays. But, but in some instances, this was just inappropriate because some countries in the world, they only have what we might call happy holidays, uh, where we truly celebrate something, where the other countries may have days of national mourning and, and where the happy celebration advertisement is, is, is just the wrong thing. And, and a quick consultation and adaptation would have solved that problem and it would have avoided a PR nightmare. Right, Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. And we've seen examples of that recently where just a bit of personal touch, some connections with people on the ground would have done a lot of good. But Dirk, as you're saying all this, and with all due respect, frankly, this sounds pretty easy. This sounds pretty straightforward. Just talk to people, just work with people. So why is this an issue? Why are we talking about this? Where is the skill here? Yes. Uh, so first of all, consulting with people before deciding is a good and it's maybe a, an easy to implement uh, habit. But first of all, you'll be surprised how often people will not follow good and easy to implement uh, habits. But, but other times, you may not be able to consult because an initiative is confidential or you really cannot adjust anything. So, so then the locals may think you're just going through the motions. You are saying you are consulting, but then you're not willing to change anything. So why did you bother? And, and so here we are at that concept of trust again. Have you built a relationship where your counterparts truly believe you want to understand, you want to help, or maybe you just can't and, and they don't feel you're taking them for a ride and you are engaging in corporate collaboration rhetoric which is really a form of hypocrisy. It's, it's got to be real. And people hate fake collaboration than they, more than they hate no collaboration. And that's why it's a skill. It's a soft skill, but it's actually hard to do well. Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. And as we develop this conversation, I think we're seeing this, how personal skills and these sort of connections really touch on a number of topics. We've already discussed leadership in this context. We just went through how it relates to conflict management. Maybe as we get closer to the end here, do you have a third example to bring up? Yeah, there are actually quite a few more, but but maybe we can add negotiation as a, as a, as a third topic area. Okay, Dirk, negotiation makes sense, but let me just ask the question. Why does negotiation matter and why does that require require people skills? Uh, 
Yeah, um, like leadership and conflict uh, management, negotiation is an area where once an area where once again results and relationships matter to do things um, that that are absolutely needed to manage an organization, especially an organization that operates in a in a complex and fast changing world with a lot of interdependencies. Okay, Dirk, that sounds nice, but let's drill in here. Why do relationships really matter in a negotiation? Yeah, the, the reason is that often you negotiate with a party where you may want to generate goodwill mm. in addition to the what we might call the hard negotiation outcome you're looking for. So, so say, for example, you're negotiating with a customer and that customer engages in what we call hard bargaining. And, and so they say things like, take it or leave it, or the answer is no, or I don't care about your global logistics problems, just deliver the goods. And, and so, so uh, that happens. When, when, when that happens, you, you, know, you may put up with this sort of approach because you desperately need their business, but you will also likely to be looking for different customers or when the tables are turned, when they need you now more than you need them, you now take uh, full advantage because now you're the one who, who can say take it or, uh, uh, or leave it. And, and we've actually just seen that uh, as there have been supply shortages in, in many areas. Okay, Dirk, you're right. We have seen that. Yeah. So, but, but, but also, and uh, Christian, maybe more importantly, you and the other party, when that kind of happens, when, when there is that lack of relationship and only uh, hard, hard bargaining, uh, you may miss out on opportunities to find creative solutions that are in the interest of both parties and that make the pie bigger, so to speak, uh, before we try to claim uh, the biggest possible piece of the pie. Right, Dirk. And I think everyone loves a good win-win situation. But let's talk about solutions now. How does one actually build a relationship in the midst of a negotiation? Yeah, and there, there are a number of ways. And again, some of them are not that hard. It's, it's just a matter of doing it. And it starts with things like building rapport. That's like discovering commonalities at a personal or business level with, uh, with your counterpart on, on the other side. Or another one would be asking questions and listening carefully to really understand the true interests of the, the other party. And as we mentioned um, earlier, you know, people have that need to be understood and you would be um, meeting uh, that need. And then there would be playing back to the other side what you've heard. So again, they know now you understand them and, um, you know, you let them know I'm really trying to make things work for them in addition, of course, to making things work for, uh, for myself. Right, Dirk, those are tangible, practical steps. And that really brings me back to our episode on negotiation, where we dove into our need or perhaps our, in our best interest, where we want to show both empathy and assertiveness in a negotiation. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Christian, empathy really is the quintessential people skill. And you have to balance it with assertiveness because you want the right relationship, but you also want the right Result. And so here we are back at results and relationships. Uh, they really matter both. And, and that, takes, that takes technical skills and that takes people skills. Thanks, Dirk. What a, a helpful conclusion there. And I could say after listening to you, you won me over while AI is certainly impressive, while robots can do a lot and be effective in many different parts of business. At the end of the day, we're talking about 
the necessity of people skills and how empathy and relationships really do pave the way for a lot of good moves that could help a person in management and business. So Dirk, as always, with that said, let me summarize what we discussed. So I got a few points here, three, of course, let me just break it down. Firstly, people skills are essential because in many business situation, we want results and we want relationships, results and relationships. We looked at examples in leadership, in conflict management and negotiation where we need both truly to be successful. A second point is that relationships are built on people related concepts such as empathy and trust and understanding are critical. Relating to someone is a quintessential human activity. It cannot be done by artificial intelligence. A machine cannot relate. And I'm sure many people can think of those times when they looked at their smartwatch or at their phone and they missed their steps and they wish their machine just understood. A third point is that the big challenge exists because we want to have good results. We want to win. And strong relationships are often there as a source of tension. We are under pressure to produce, produce results or we're in a conflict due to different goals or perspectives. So making work, making both work is not easy and there is no quick fix. It is a skill and it is a skill that we have to keep learning and growing and improving on. But it is worth the effort because just thinking about it, this is something that we can all do as people and only do as people. AI can't release, re, replace us in this process. So if we want to win and we want to win well, or we want to grow and we want to grow big, we need to work on people skills. Dirk, thoughts? Yeah, I would say uh, that's that that's it. And what I will will emphasize, you'd be surprised what a difference uh, it can make if you start working on this truly intentionally and uh, systematically. And so, uh, Christian, thank you, thank you again for summarizing our conversation so well. Thank you, Dirk. And thank you for sharing all your wisdom and insight on this topic. I'm sure it has been helpful to all our listeners. And listeners, if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you, we mentioned some episodes on here, one on negotiation, but then also working in the matrix. What happens when you have two bosses who are in conflict with one another? I encourage you, if you're new, check out our previous episodes. We had a lot of great conversation on a number of topics that I'm sure you'll find helpful wherever you are in business or management or in the professional world. But again, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us in this new year on the Jamar Leadership Podcast. We are here together every two weeks. So in two Mondays from now, join us for another conversation. We'd love to have you with us. Until then, take care.